Welcome to Pedagog Bonus, a short episode that covers a single topic or question. I'm your host, Shane Wood. In this bonus episode, I talk with Will Duffy about ethics and the teaching of writing. Will Duffy is an associate professor and the director of graduate studies in the English department at the University of Memphis, where he teaches courses in writing, rhetoric, and technical communication. Will, thanks so much for joining us. Your teaching and research interests include discourse ethics and religious rhetorics. And I was hoping to, to give you some space to, to talk through this framework or, or this lens or how discourse ethics and religious rhetorics influences and, and informs your approach to teaching. And maybe you could also share some resources or some text that have helped inform your approach to, to teaching language and literacy through this framework of ethics. Yeah, sure. So not a lot of people know this about me, but um, when I started graduate school, I, I had decided that I was either going to pursue an academic career um, studying rhetoric, so kind of, you know, become a, a professor, or I would go get a master's of divinity and become a pastor somewhere. Um, the, you know, at the end of the day, both of those choices reflected my concern for how we talk to each other and how we communicate and importantly, how we reflect on and um, engage with sort of what Burke might call like those ultimate concerns that make a difference in our lives. And so, um, you know, I, when, when I think about my, you know, when I think about my scholarship, practically everything I write ultimately falls back on questions about um, the ethics that inform how we interact with one another. And as a rhetorician, I especially agree with actually Wayne's Wayne Booth's reading of Kenneth Burke's book, The Rhetoric of Religion, which is that one thing that Burke achieved not just in that book, but over the course of his sort of prophetic career as a thinker and writer, in Booth's words, is, is about how serious rhetorical inquiry is inevitably wedded to genuine religion. Now, of course, like I don't have the time to unpack that claim here, but I'll just say that one of the reasons I'm drawn to the study of religious rhetoric is because it's in such talk where we see most deliberately our attempts to materialize the empty, um, immaterial, um, which is, well, I think in a lot of ways, a pretty good description of what rhetoric's function is, if you think about it. And so when it comes to my teaching, I, I'll simply echo something that I wrote in an inside higher ed op-ed from a couple of weeks ago, which is that I believe our students are whole human beings who deserve to be treated as such, which means I, I want to, um, I want them to use whatever experiences they choose to engage and experiment with and in, 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 in writing that, that, that can help them and us sort of better know what we think, um, which in turn gets us one step closer to engaging with pragmatism's maxim to examine the consequences of our ideas, which I think in turn gets us to a place where we can change our ideas, amend our ideas, let them grow and develop. Until we can do that kind of sort of metacritical work, I think teaching students about rhetoric in the abstract, so memorizing rhetorical fallacies, filling out charts with the rhetorical triangle, um, understanding the difference between logos, ethos, and pathos, you know, all of that is just 
busy work that aspires to teaching, but never really gets there, in my opinion. Like the idea of a rhetoric textbook to me is just antithetical to what a rhetorical education is supposed to do. And so, um, yeah, and so I think like, again, I'm just ultimately drawn to, you know, those concerns that um, at the end of the day, you know, lead us to question, you know, like, why am I, again, it kind of falls back onto Kenneth Burke's, you know, distinction between identification and division, you know, why are we divided in the ways that we are in these particular contexts or situations? Is that division productive? Is, is, is that division the, the cause or the source of um, some other difficulty that, that we have to work out. Um, I, so, so again, I think, and again, I just think so much of this, so much comes back down to how we engage with words and with language and with our relationship to words and language. And so, so that's why I think I'm, I'm, I, I study religious rhetoric, but also why I think again, like whether, whether I'm writing about, um, collaboration or I'm writing about, um, you know, virtue ethics, or I'm writing about, you know, how, how we teach information literacy to first year college students. At the end of the day, like those ultimate concerns are always um, rooted in questions about how we relate to one another and how we communicate those relations and, and where those relations are pointed. <laughs> My doppelganger, John Duffy, um, who I'm just going to call my uncle, um, even though he's not. I love John, but uh, he he you know his his new book um, on on virtue ethics, I think is is really um, a good place to start where you can kind of see some of this, some of the thinking. Kind of coincidentally, we both started writing about virtue ethics around the same time. Um, the very first thing I ever published was a book chapter about about virtue ethics and the teaching of writing back in I think 2011. And so we've, we've had sort of a healthy conversation about, about how writing teachers can use the classroom to sort of engage in questions related to ethos in new and productive ways. Um, no, virtue ethics always ask the question, not whether or not something is right or wrong, but instead you kind of put the agent front and center and you say, you know, in this situation, what kind of person do I want to be? What kind of person do I aspire to be? And then you use that as sort of the starting point for asking questions. I've, I've dropped this word several times in this conversation with you, Shane, but pragmatism is incredibly important to me as a philosophical orientation. I can't tell you how influential William James's little book of lectures on pragmatism has been and continues to be for me. Um, George Herbert Mead, who is an incredibly um, abstract writer and thinker, um, once you can kind of get get past the challenge of his prose, I think is really, really uh, shows us really kind of important ideas about the way that language is paralogic and the way that we in community kind of create meanings. Um, he articulates what I think is a pluralistic theory of language that underscores the the relative nature of all of our interactions without necessarily getting himself into a corner where he can be called a relativist in that sort of postmodern sense. 
Um, so, so that's where I would start, you know, in composition, read anything that John Duffy has been, has been writing and then, and then go back and, and read some pragmatist. Um, I mean, an incredibly important writer, um, in that, in that sort of era of sort of, um, when, when pragmatism was really kind of in, in vogue in the early 20th century and a writer who was really important to, to those of us who live in Memphis is Ida B. Wells. Um, she is a. I think she's a great model of what pragmatic thinking can do and be as a way of activism. And um, yeah, and so, and so I, I think I, I would point people to her as well.